Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now, here is your host, Vit Muller. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning into this show. Uh, my guest today is an award-winning digital thought leader and author, Distinguished Toastmaster, which is a business networking organization. He's also a keynote speaker, former partner, and chief operating officer at a multi-million dollar retail company, <clears throat> pardon me, and a sought-after lifestyle mentor and executive performance coach. That aside, he's also super dead. I like the way he's pitching it. He's dating his wife. It's really cool. With a lead-by-example way of living and contagious personality, he's on the mission to positively impact 1 million role models around the globe to lead a functionally fit life through education, encouragement, and community. My guest, he's an accountability coach. He's a good friend to a lot of people, and he's here to help others get healthy. Please welcome to the show, Dai Manuel. What's hey, up? Hey, yeah. Oh, man. Awesome to be here. Man, I don't even remember. I think we talked initially maybe six months ago. Yeah, it's been like a long time ago. <laughs> so it's so good that we're here. We're here. We're actually, it's doing it. It's happening. Yeah, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. We had a, we, 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 we try and do it. What is it? Like a month ago and then and we couldn't make it work. And yeah. now while we're here, that's, that's awesome, man. So what's yeah. been happening in your world since last time we spoke? Well, you, you know, it, we're now done summer in our part of the world. You know, I'm, I'm in North America now, but uh, previously Ooh, I was in your Bring on summer in Australia. I, I know. <laughs> you're going into summer. I'm getting ready to go into winter. And uh, I, I miss my perpetual summer. You know, the last two and a half years, my, my family and I have been living in Bali, uh, Indonesia. So we were almost neighbors for a bit. And uh, so, but we relocated, relocated back to Canada for our kids to finish high school here. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. this year has been one of those interesting years because obviously, like everybody, we've been dealing with a pandemic, right? Like this whole COVID-19 thing. And so navigating that this year has been interesting because at the beginning of the year, my business got kicked in the nads, you know, like it was like 80% of my revenue was like literally gone. I was on pace to have a record year. I was like, man, this is gonna be awesome. And then within a matter of eight weeks, it was like 80% revenue gone. And uh, a lot of my, my forecasted revenue gone. And, and oh, so man. it sort of put me in a position where I had a little bit of a pity party for a couple of days. And, uh, but then I got my head out of my butt and was like, okay, well, what can I do? What can we do? How can I change things? You know, what can I do right now to to keep moving forward? And uh, so I pivoted a bit. And um, ask it, yeah, yeah. You know, like everybody, we just we, you, you adapt, right? Uh, we can get through this. And uh, so that's what I did. I doubled down on some of the things that I could do and I had access to, and uh, pivoted and changed some of my programs and, and and the way I was serving people shifted as well, all for the better. Because I actually, you know, then we came out of it into to July, August, and uh, man, just things just. Poof, picked up like huge. I'm, and now I'm projecting to do more than what I was projecting before. So you know what? It's all good. <laughs> Things are good again. Um, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. That's this world we live in. That's life. The only thing I know is that nothing stays as is. Things change all the time. And so I just try to be really aware of that and, and not try to fight that so much. Because uh, I, I find every time I try to fight change, and nothing good ever happens. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, that's a bit on me, man. You either you, tr- you either try to fight change or, or you st- uh, or, or or sticking your hand in the sand. Neither yeah. works, right? Neither works. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so just, true. 
So true. You're just beating yourself yeah. against the head. Now, for those who listen, I know what you do, but for, for the guys listening, mm. uh, can you just unravel a little bit what you do? You know, you talk about, you know, your revenues yeah. or what are your, like, in terms of, like, your revenue stream or what services do you provide and how, how does it all work? How does the Die Manual Empire work? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I come from a retail background. So I, I've been in the fitness and wellness industry working either as a trainer, coach, all sorts of different jobs, even a spin instructor for a period of time. Uh, and I, that's sort of what I got started with. And then I got into equipment sales. Uh, and that would have been 22 years ago now. Uh, so I was in my early 20s at the time. And I had a knack for it. It was my first time being in a commissioned environment. So a performance-based pay structure. So those that are listening to this, if you're in a position where you, you, you put well, basically, it's, you're put into a position where the more people you impact positively, more organizations you positively impact, you know, you make more money. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I looked at it. It was like every morning I wake up, it's like, how many lives am I going to change today? You know, and the more lives I changed and impacted positively, the more money I made. It was like, wow, this is a win-win, man. I like this. And uh, I had an act for it. I really enjoyed it. So I was selling people fitness equipment, accessories, supplements, apparel. Uh, and I was very fortunate. I, I, the, the guy that was the owner and the CEO uh, took a liking to me. He recognized that there was something in me that reminded him of himself. He was 20 years my senior. So he took me under his wing. He was my first true business mentor. Mm-hmm. And uh, just really, I was a sponge, just started sucking it up. And uh, during that period, you know, we branched off from the corporate company and then formed our own and uh, did that for 17 years. And wow. it was amazing. I loved it. And we grew it to eight retail locations, a couple of B2B enterprises. Uh, we, we did a lot of manufacturers overseas and import and export, um, you know, just, and, and also a, a fairly successful e-commerce business that sold all across Canada. So uh, I learned a lot. You can imagine over 17 years of doing that. And uh, I was, when I left, I was really the chief operating officer as well as chief marketing officer. Uh, and, but I read this book called, you know, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, and I'm just totally dating myself. But it was 14 years ago, I read the very first printing of that. <laughs> and uh, uh, it changed my perspective on marketing and the way that we do business. And I'm glad that I embraced that learning and started building my own personal platform. So we, we had a corporate platform, but I had my own opinions my own belief systems, mm. you know? And, and I knew that I couldn't share my own beliefs on the corporate channel because it just, it wouldn't, it, it would complement it, but it was also kind of clashing because I'm a big calisthenics guy. I like a lot of body weight movements and you can imagine it, right? I'm, I'm a body weight movement kind of guy, calisthenics, but w- where do I make my income? Selling fitness equipment. <laughs> well, there, there, it creates a little bit of a, well, it's a, it's a challenging dichotomy, right? And uh, yeah. So it, it kind of ruffled a bit of feathers within our organization, but eventually we moved past it. And uh, uh, I was fortunate because I built this personal brand and, and my personal brand involves, you know, keynote speaking, facilitating workshops, retreats, uh, but also a lot of stuff in the digital space, a lot of programs, courses. Um, so a lot of thought leadership type stuff. Um, but I also do a lot of executive coaching and entrepreneurial coaching. So uh, I just help people get out of their own way and create better results with less effort. And uh, that's the power of having a great coach, you know, a great mentor that you can work with. So, so that's sort of my picture snapshot now. You know, I've been doing that full time as my main thing for the last five years after I transitioned uh, away from my previous business. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, nice. that's it, man. Now, back to this year. So, you mentioned you pivot. So, uh, before COVID, obviously, a lot of speaking gigs as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, as well as coaching online, I, I, would, I would expect. But what was the main thing that you had to pivot now that, like you said, you, you've lost a bit of revenue? Um, mm-hmm. I assume that was probably the speaking stuff. A lot of speaking gigs were like last year I did a dozen keynotes and they pay really, really well for the amount of 
time that goes into it. I mean, I always tell people, you know, I've been working on my speaking ability for 10 years. So yes, I might get paid a very fair amount for for what I speak, but you have to recognize it's also 10 years of, of a lot of working <laughs> to get to that point. I always like to let people know that. It's not like I, all of a sudden it was like, oh, this massive revenue stream. It, it took a lot of effort and, and just consistency and patience. And uh, But it got to a point where finally I felt like, all right, this is a significant part of my revenue. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, moving back to North America was going to be great because a lot of the things that I used to say no to, or it wasn't really no, I said yes, but uh, some of the speaking uh, and uh, speaking opportunities I had, they didn't have the budget for travel. Mm. Uh, well, travel outside of North America. Sorry, let me qualify that because I was living in Bali, right? So uh, the only time I was coming back to North America for speaking gigs is when you know it was a real significant event where they had the budget to to pay the extra to fly me in and out from Bali. Otherwise, uh, you're gonna break even. Almost all. No, well, well, no, I could still do it on my own. Um, but it just, I have to ask myself, you know, because the travel, but it's also the, you know, how it is traveling overseas. Like it can be really challenging, especially myself with my health. I, I, it takes me a few days, like minimally. Like, well, actually, the Bali, like going from you know, Southeast Asia to North America, and I live in Vancouver, which is like the further side, West Coast of, of North America man, I get hammered. Like I just, I, it just takes me a long time to recover. So I have to ask myself, you know, I got a lot of days where I have to recover and, you know, not productive and it's all the travel time. So I really have to value my time. So, mm. and, and, and so there were some events that I, you know, if, if I could do a bunch of them all at once and made it a lot more worth my while. Um, but that, that part of my business just disappeared. Like it, it did. Like I had a lot of forecasted events that I was booked in for. I was like excited. It's going to be great. I'm back in North America now. So I've got a lot more opportunity. Uh, and then it was gone. It was like literally gone. And uh, also a lot of my business uh, coaching clients were people that I was supporting and developing their own platforms, taking what they do offline, bringing it online, right? A lot of people do amazing things offline. It's like, man, you know what you do? You can monetize that online. And so I would often help them with that bridging. And uh, a lot of them were event-based people. Uh, so you can imagine, <laughs> it was like, I can't really do coaching right now because literally my 100% of my business that was forecasted for this year just went away, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and that's a tough thing to pivot through, you know? And, and so uh, I saw that also, that income disappear. Um, so it was, it was significant. I, I'm just like, wow, this is was not planned for, <laughs> you know, but, on, on that note, on that note yeah. with those clients that were looking to transition from speaking to online and you were looking mm -hmm. to help them, did you, do you find some, because the thing yeah. is while their income has, you know, was gone, no speaking, mm -hmm. just like for you, but they were looking to transition in a way. So it makes sense to actually use that time to transition. Did you find yeah. anybody that was willing to, yeah. Oh yeah. To, to, yeah. To, because obviously it's, it's a, um, there's a fear, right? Like you were no you income, bet. and now you're you're actually ought to spend more to to, to transition. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's what we have to do, right? Did you did you have a couple of those? Yeah, it, it, some just you know the fear was overwhelming for some, and I get that. And, and you know, there's no you can talk through that all you want, but if you're paralyzed and, and unable uh, unable to take action because of that that fear, uh, you know that's something that sometimes it's better just to pause and reflect regroup, reset, 
whatever you want to say, you know, before you relaunch. And so for some of them, and, and a number of them have come back now since, but they needed a good period of time just to be like, oh my gosh, I got to get my bearings. You know, like it's just because there is uh, for, uh, for a lot of people, I mean, to pardon the cliche, but it's like the wind gets knocked out of your sails, as they say, right? Mm. Like it's, it is really hard for a lot of people. I still have a lot of friends that their businesses are still really suffering. You know, and and they've had to even go out and and look at doing other things that they've done in the past. You know, get get for uh, new jobs. You know, to sort of bridge the gap right now between this this period of time. Uh, so I, I don't take any of that lightly. Like I, I, my gosh, it's 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 challenging. We're, we're facing a lot of challenges in the world, but but I do find that a lot of people were very successful at pivoting. And, and they were very realistic in, in the pivot itself, you know, when it came to setting even financial goals uh, mm. around that. It's like, okay, well, how much am I willing to invest? And a lot of times it's just time, right? It's time and, and your own personal energy. It's not necessarily a monetary investment, but you have to recognize taking time away to do that means you're taking it away from something else. And if that other thing has been your primary income stream, you know, it, there's just that fear. It's like, well, I'm, I don't have any income over here yet. And I'm, I'm losing it over here, but I'm afraid if I turn my attention away from where my money's been coming from in the past, doing the things that I've always been doing it with a certain expectation, that you know I might get to a point where I can't come back from it. You know, and and that's just a fear. It's a concern. I get it. Like, geez, I mean, trust me. For for a few weeks there, I was panicking a lot. You know, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to have to go out and look for a job? You know, like, like yeah. oh boy. <laughs> you know, and I haven't had a job for like 25 years, you know? So I'm like, oh, what the heck? We, so anyways. We, yeah. we just spoke about it before before we start recording, right? I was talking yeah. about the same thing, right? I, I, I totally. I totally agree. It's, it's hard, especially when you have that, you know, when you don't have much going on, you've got a couple of things and, and you need to rely on that income. But at the same time, you're trying to uh, uh, build some new things, some new revenue streams um, that are kind of, in, in a way, safer. Uh, yeah. Things that you learn as a result of the COVID stuff, like probably going more digitally, going more online. Mm-hmm. It's probably a safe bet. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 really it's not about the money; it's the time. And how do yeah, you and, and how do you balance it out? How much time mm-hmm. can you give, and how many projects can you take on? Right? I was talking for those of you guys right. listening. I was talking about a couple of things that have got you know just came up and opportunities you know and um i can't take them all i have to yes, basically right. yeah just i just had to take a step back and really think okay i just want to be consistent with this podcast i want to be consistent with the managing the gym that i'm working with and a couple of little other things but aside of that i can't really take that much on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. otherwise that just it just um um what's the word the performance just goes down you're right. You can't, yeah. you can't production as well, right? Like you can only produce so much. You know? Yeah, yeah. Pr- production of your brain power, right? You've yeah. got a certain a certain uh, um, uh, capacity a day, and and if you work ten hours straight doing an intensive task, I mean, you can't expect to be good at the end of the day to try and squeeze another two hours for another side project when you're really fried. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, for anybody that's struggling with what we're talking about right now, um, there, there's a book that I highly recommend. It's called Essentialism by Greg McCown and uh, just a phenomenal book. Like he, he's like just whole next level, but he's got this beautiful way of j- just helping people filter through not only opportunities, but, but also just 
our life, <laughs> you know, because uh, a lot of time we, we do find ourselves afraid of missing out, you know, as they call it, FOMO. Uh, it's very real. And mm. we, we feel like if we say no to something, it, it, it's drastic. It's like, oh, no, this is going to be really bad if I say no. So I just got to say yes to everything. And to the point where you're just like, why am I doing this? You know, and you start to, to see regression in, in every area of your life. And, and so his whole thing is, you know, just getting that clarity. Because, you know, clarity on what's a yes and what's a no, and there's no room for anything in between. No maybes. Like it's eliminating the maybes or, or the, the not right now, but maybe later kind of thing. You know, like a, don't we find ourselves sometimes saying that? It's like, oh, it sounds like a great idea. You know what? Let's, let's revisit this next month. <laughs> and then next month comes and it's like, oh, uh, you know, and your gut's already telling you. Like I, th- I find a lot of time my, my gut instinct is when I don't listen to it. I have the biggest problems, uh, but but our instincts, I think, are, are usually on point. If we're very clear about what our business is or what where we want to be vesting our time, it's a lot easier to say no and to say yes because we can filter much more effectively. If you don't have that clarity in your own business and in your own life, oh boy, it's challenging, right? Because without clarity, we don't have confidence. And if we don't have confidence, man, we are become very good procrastinators. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. We put things off and we just don't take action. And if you're not taking action, nothing happens. You yeah. know? So it, it's, it's amazing. But so it's a great book and I recommend it. Or if you don't want to read the book, um, he, Tim Ferriss it did an amazing interview with Greg McCown and he pretty much talks about the whole book in it. Yeah. And no, I'll make sure I'll quote it in, in the show notes. Now back cool. to that point also is, I mean, we all want to be successful in one shape of way or form as well, but it always yeah. comes back to the question of capacity. That's right. What's your, what's your capacity? And, and we're not just talking of money and, and time. Because oftentimes you hear like, oh, you know, don't make excuses. If you, you know, if you, you have a look at your day, you're probably wasting time away and doing little things like, yeah. you know, you're watching Netflix or things like that. But also it comes back to your, your brain capacity because you can't expect yourself to work and just mm. work. You, you, for right. me, like just time to taking time away to 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 switch off my brain so that I can be fresh after a certain period of time of having a yeah. having having that break. Exercise is one, right? But they also the the other thing is also what you're willing to sacrifice, right? It's mm. Trying to build a business, like I mean, you, you at the end of the day, you do have to shift yeah. focus. Yeah. But if you've got a family, that's a tricky one. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying there. And, and, and the idea of sacrifice, because I, I think a lot of people, you know, like even, I guess it comes down, I mean, we could have this whole linguistic debate, right? Like, what does sacrifice mean to you? <laughs> this is what it means <laughs> to me. You know, you can get into that kind of a philosophical debate. But I think a lot of time when we think sacrifice, most of us think that I do need to do this. This is what I have to do. But it, it, it's not like we're losing something, right? It's like I'm doing something that I don't really want to do, but I want to, I'm going to do it anyways. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like it, it's, I'm, I'm making the sacrifice. I'm a martyr. I'm, I'm <laughs> giving up my Netflix hours so I can build my dream, you know? And I don't yeah. think it's that. It's a reallocation of energy and it's a, a, a totally, like you have to have complete awareness of what you're choosing to do. But then there's that huge amount of accountability and self-accountability that's got to come into play. It's like, I've said to myself that this is something that I want to accomplish and here's why I want to accomplish it. You know, it's like, I wanted to leave my former career. You know, but I also knew that in order to do that, I needed to have a certain business, at least in place that I have a little bit of money coming in because I didn't have a plan B. You know, when I left my career, I was at the top of my game. Like I was like, people are like, what are you doing? 
crazy, man. You're crazy. You're leaving that? You've been there 17 years. Like, you, you finally got things at the place where it's just like autopilot and you're leaving? Like, why? And I was like, because I don't like doing it anymore. <laughs> like, I want more lifestyle. I want more time with family. I want time to travel. I, I, I had all these other things I wanted to do. And you couldn't, right? Because that was taking your time away. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, w- well said. And that's exactly the case. You know, and I, I was realizing I was compromising on a lot of my quality of life based on what I was earning now. And, and I didn't want to be thinking about 10, 20 years down the road when, you know, my kids are starting to have kids. And I'm like looking at my wife thinking, you know, that time when we thought about that crazy idea of pulling the kids out of school and going traveling, man, I really wish we did that. I did not want to be that guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want to be the dude looking back saying, I really wish I did that thing. Um, I'd rather say I tried. And hey, I learned a lot through the experience. And Let's talk about uh, that. Let's yeah. talk about that because that is that is the first <laughs> thing that you you pitched to me when you contacted me the first time. Like, what yeah. you did? What? Oh man, yeah. that's uh, that sounds pretty appealing. I got <laughs> definitely like a look into that. So, for the listeners who don't know, what what guy has done? You basically wrapped up your corporate gig, and in a nutshell, you 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 packed up your yeah. corporate gig, you packed up your suitcases, and you and your family you went and traveled the world. Yeah, I'll leave exactly. the rest to you. I'll well, leave the rest to you. <laughs> so so. Yeah. So here's the deal, right? Like, and and it took almost, I guess about 18 months really from the time that I finally got to the point where like, yeah, we're doing this. Like my wife was dripping on me for a long time because she loves to travel. And she always said, you know, it would be amazing when we have a family together, if we could travel together, you know, to really teach our kids through that kind of experience. Um, in, in essence, life schooling, you know, uh, because we tried the homeschooling thing. It didn't work <laughs> for our family. So we like to pitch the whole life schooling or road schooling, you know, schooling on the road or through life. Uh, but uh, long and short of it, finally got to that point where I'm like, yeah, you know, I really want to do this. I'm not happy on this path anymore. I see what the direction I'm going. Sure. I can be very comfortable, but I'm not feeling satisfied. I'm not feeling fulfilled. I have all these dreams and visions of things I want to do and do with my family, do on my own. And it's not going to be fulfilled if I keep doing what I'm doing right now. So that's a very scary place to be. You know, I just want to acknowledge that because I think a lot of people are in that place. They're like, man, I really like to do something else because I just don't love what I'm doing. And it's like, you know, you get up in the morning, it's like, oh, I don't want to get up. You know, (laughs) you're not excited about getting up and doing what you're about to do. And so I got to that point and I was like, okay, it's time for a change, you know? Um, So making that decision was great. And then we had to sort of work into it because I was in a very senior role. So it had to be a, a gradual transition over time. Right. So just, succession uh, planning and all that. Exactly. And just, just ensuring that the companies looked after, you know, like, because I, I was going to leave a hole there. But by the time I left, you know, there was no hole and they were all good. And I know they don't miss me and I don't miss them. So it's all good. <laughs> but, but we got to that point where, okay, it's the last day. So I basically quit my gig. A month after that, my wife quit hers. And now we're like, okay, we really got to figure this out because we've lost your income. We've lost my income. You know, those, those salaries that we were very accustomed to receiving. Uh, a couple months after that, we finally pulled the kids out of school because we're like, okay, we're doing this. We're going traveling. And then we had about a month and a half, almost two months to basically get rid of all our stuff and tie up any loose ends. And, uh, and then we literally, what we could not fit into the back of our SUV. <laughs> you know, if it didn't fit, we got rid of it. And we went very minimalist. So some may be familiar. If you haven't seen that, uh, the minimalist documentary on Netflix, check it out. It's great. It's very inspiring, but it's intimidating going through the process. Because if you're someone that's got a lot of stuff, our stuff 
has a lot of emotional value to us. You know, and that was the issue, right? Was I looked at things and, and did, I don't know, when you look at things, I don't, maybe you don't look at it this way, but when I look at things, like even like this water bottle, and it's like, okay, well, this water bottle represents a certain amount of time and energy that I had to invest to create the revenue or the money to then go and acquire this thing. So when I started looking around our house and taking inventory of all this stuff that we were going to have to downsize and get rid of, because I mean, we cannot take in a traveling with us. That's just not an option. And we didn't want to put it in storage because really it's not stuff you would put in storage, right? We put the mementos, irreplaceable stuff like photos and photo albums and, you know, certain things that have real emotional value that we can't replace, but everything else is a fair game. Just get rid of this stuff. But I was having a really hard time with that. Like really hard time. I was like, oh, oh God, if I ever want that again, I'm going to have to go and do work and I'm going to have to create that, that, that money. And so it was the energy attached to things that was really hard for me. And, uh, but then as soon as I worked through that and I started to really be mindful and aware of how much this stuff was controlling me, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. I'm actually excited to unload all this crap because I don't want to be emotionally connected to this stuff anymore and feel dependent on it. Mm. And, and so working through it, and that's why I just always encourage people. It's like, listen, if you got, if you're just, you know, if you're one of those people that moves from a place to place and you're carrying boxes with you and they don't get impacted from place to place, chances are you got stuff to get rid of. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's emotional baggage on this one too, but uh, we won't go down that path right now, but uh, you know, so getting rid of all that stuff. And then we packed up the SUV. Like literally with, with the stuff that we decided to keep and we just started heading south. We were chasing the sun, my man, like chasing the sun, you know, headed down to California and uh, hung out there for a bit and traveled all around and then eventually overseas. So uh, that, that was it in a nutshell. We, we did it, but I, and I was figuring out my business as we were going. So we had enough coming in and I want people to realize this. We were not independently wealthy. <laughs> I had made some bad investments. We had lost some money. Um, we also invested it to self-finance uh, the publication of my own book with the publisher mm. rather because I wanted to retain all the rights to my IP. I wanted all that. So I, because I didn't, you know, that's the thing you do a book deal is great. You get a check up front, but they own it. You don't own it, you know? And uh, I didn't want to give that up. You know, this is my stuff. This is my life. I'm not going to sell this to you. I don't care how much you give me. So we invested a lot of money in that process. And, uh, but I had enough coming in from the online stuff I was doing enough that we could basically travel indefinitely with that kind of a revenue coming in, you know, like really, I mean, we're not living large. We're not like going to five star hotels and, and all that stuff. I mean, we were living within our means and, and still had a little bit of extra money at the end of the month. And, and so, yeah, when, when you actually look at what do you really need versus what do you want? <laughs> there's a very, very, there's a big difference typically between those two things. Mm. So again, back to clarity with clarity comes confidence. And when you feel confident, it's a lot easier to just follow through on things, isn't it? Yeah. Would you say it was that freedom, that freedom lifestyle, I guess it's, that's, that's what appealing to me. That's, mm. I think that's the yeah. richness of it. It's not really about having the money. I think having the, having the time to, to have time to be free, yeah. to do oh. what you want to travel. Right. Now, just let me collectors, just, not of stuff, but of experiences. Yeah. You know, that's the way my wife always puts it. And I, I, I love how that it resonates with me. You know, I, I always remember any, any holiday I take with my partner. It's like, yeah. it's those memories that you cherish, the memories uh, that, that stuck with you. That, that sort of makes you, you know, brew some coffee sometimes just sit on a, and just look at the stars and just think that time back. And just that's, yeah. that's, that's the real value. Right. But let so me just true. take you back a little bit. Cause I'm, mm. I've got a couple of questions and I'm, I'm sure, sure some listeners are listening to this and they're like, Oh man, this is awesome. I, I want to do it, but I've got all these questions. Yeah. You mentioned get rid of your stuff. <laughs> do you mean yeah. 
selling, did you sell your house as well? Uh, so at the, we'd already sold our place a while back. Um, and then we'd been reinvesting back into our businesses. And, uh, so we were leasing a place. Um, so we ended up subleasing the place, but mm-hmm. everything that was in the space, we had to get rid of, you know, so like furniture and like just all the big stuff we just got rid of. And it, it was really interesting because at the time, <clears throat> uh, while we were downsizing, literally downsizing our lifestyle, so we could adopt this minimalist lifestyle and start traveling, uh, there was actually a lot of refugees coming in. Um, specifically from Syria uh, to Canada and Vancouver was one of the areas. And we had a friend that was uh, going around collecting free goods from people to help set these people up at their own places. And so we were like, okay, well, you know, cause we tried selling some stuff, but it, it was getting down to the wire. We're like, you know what? I, I, I don't care. I'm already checked out. I just want to be gone of this and done with it. And, and so they came and basically took it all away for us. It was great. So it ended up working out really well for us. They got set up with some good stuff. We, we got the freedom of, of space and, and that mental space, especially to, to unload that stuff. And then uh, everything else is just, you know, pack up the SUV with some suitcases and, and away we went, you know, and uh but yeah, it, it was uh, quite the experience, you know, going through that downsizing process, very freeing, very mm. freeing. Uh, but also I, I do like people know I was also stressed and there were some arguments between my wife and I, you know, like, Oh yeah, was, you know, that, that was, I, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. my, my other question was, you mentioned, you know, when, when you, you quit job and then your, your wife quit your job a month, uh, you her job a month after that. And then you're like, okay, now we're doing it. Now we have to figure it out. Does that mean that you then started to planning or would you plan while you started your, still at your job? We had no idea where we were going to go yet. Like we, we are not the kind of people that would sit down and plan out an itinerary. We've never been that. Mm. We, we are kind of very in the moment, <laughs> figuring things out. We knew that by a certain date, we would not have a roof over our head anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we just wouldn't have because we sublets the place. So we knew that, okay, keys are changing hands. We, we don't have an address now. Like we have our SUV, we have stuff in it, but that's all we got. And what are we going to do? We had an idea that we were going to go south. We were going to go travel around the United States because it was also coming into winter in Canada. And we're like, okay, the further south we can go, the better because we'll chase the sun, chase the warmth. This would be great. And uh, we had enough friends because also at the time I'd been building online communities and uh, my book was being launched at the same time. So we could sort of coincide and justify that, hey, we'll do the book launch. We'll, we'll hit some different cities and different bookstores and, and we'll just travel around visiting family and friends and using the occasional couch or the Airbnb or the Motel 6. I mean, it didn't really matter. We even camped out a couple of times, but I'm a glamper. I, I, I used to camp a lot in my 20s. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> You know, I've lost that 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 drive in me to camp, and uh, so I'm more of a glamper. So I, I I do like to have a bed, and I like to have running water. You know, so uh, uh, that that didn't go over so well. You know, the, the camping piece, but but we did everything else, and uh, we just again started going. And uh, but for me, I was still doing some speaking engagements, and and I would negotiate in there that they would fly me from wherever I was to to wherever I needed to be and back. So and sometimes they would fly me back to a different city, and my wife with my kids would meet me there. You know, they would just continue their driving, and uh, I would just fly into another place. And uh, so yeah, it was it was kind of neat. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun having that flexibility. Uh, but we didn't plan anything. You know, like it was pretty interesting because it was also fearful because my, my money coming in was very inconsistent. Mm. It was up and down all the time. And uh, so that also makes forecasting and planning pretty challenging when you're just like, well, I just don't know if we'll have the money for that. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to be at Disneyland. We can be there for a week. I mean, oh boy, what are we going to do? You know, like, well, we would figure it out, make it happen, you know? And uh, 
So, it, you know, we, we trusted that we, we had enough to, to make things work. And, uh, and there's an exercise, and I don't know if you relate to this one, but uh, Tim Ferriss, again, uh, in his TED Talk, talks about fear setting, this idea of really rationalizing through your fear. And, and so we would often have a dialogue, my wife and I, we'd say, like, well, what is the worst thing that can happen by us doing this? Like, what is the worst? What is the worst thing that could happen? You know, besides losing our lives. I mean, that would be really bad. <laughs> but I mean, really, as far as what we're doing and because we're capable people, we, we, what is the worst? And we're like, you know what? We got families. They got homes. They love us. Worst case scenario, we run out of money. We go home. We settle in. We get jobs. We rebuild. You know, we just go again. Like, mm. we, we knew that we're very employable people. We're very skilled and talented and we can be an asset for any team that we're a part of. So, the worst thing is we might have to transition back into how we were living before. That's okay. No big deal. You know? And uh, that was actually the worst thing. So, we, when we really rationalized through it, we're like, why wouldn't we want to go do this, you know, and give it a try? And, uh, and I'm so grateful that we did, that we trusted enough in ourselves to just say, yeah, you know what? Let's just go for it. And uh, yeah, we sort of figured things out as we went. Yeah. Now, that's a good way you just put it. Just the rush, rationalizing the fear because I, I was that was my next thing I was going to ask you is like how mm. how do you get to that point that you are ready to do this because mm. for a lot of people that you know they like the stability they like the comfort they like yeah. the security right we're talking about the Maslow's pyramid when we talk about yeah, Maslow's yeah, pyramid yeah. is that you know the, the fundamental things you need to show the roof over your head steady income and things like that and then things like you did it's like the things that you do when you're single that you're more likely to do when you're single not when you have a family and you got kids because yeah. then you think about you know your responsibilities towards your kids like so what what it, it's you know how does what what process what thought processes had to take for you to do this you know like i mean i wonder if there's if this is for everybody well you know i don't ever say to everybody that you should do this. You know, like I'm, I'm never going to say that, but I, I always do invite people to really be honest with themselves and say like, mm. is this something that you would want to do? You know, and if it is something that you want to do, why wouldn't you do it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like really what's holding you back? And, and some of the things that are holding people back is just that we're, we're very comfortable. We get into a, a routine where life is, I, I don't like to say easy, but it's simple. You know, it's simple. Like it, you know where you got to be tomorrow. You know that you have a steady pay income coming in. You know, you, you just, there's a certain reliability to your life, you know, and, and there's a lot of comfort in that. There is, there's absolutely, but, you know, I don't need to beat the dead horse here and say that, you know, there's no growth in the comfort zone. I mean, I think most people that are even having a general introduction to personal or professional development, they've heard that cliche now, you know, and, and, but it's founded. I mean, you look in the work of Darwin. I mean, he talks about evolution, but he says, you know, and if you look at Darwinism uh, and it's been proven with science that we need those stressors in our lives, that, that, that state of uncomfortableness is actually where things evolve and they grow. Mm. I mean, look at our bodies where you want to talk fitness. What do we do? Time under tension right? Like time under tension, the more time under tension, wow, look, my body gets stronger. It responds. So psychologically, this happens. Emotionally, this happens to us, not just physically, right? And even spiritually, it, it happens to us. Uh, man, I did a 10-day silent retreat of a passion. And I swore I would never do anything that crazy. And, you know, 10 days sitting on a pillow, 
breathing and focusing on my breathing. I mean, it sounds like shoot me now, you know, but I, I did it. And man, it challenged me spiritually, emotionally, physically, psychologically, all facets. But I came out of that shifted different, much different, you know, and, and a different understanding of who I am and some of the mechanisms of why I do certain things like that, that focused energy in that state of uncomfortableness changed, changed me. Okay. And this happens to us all the time in our lives. Right. And, and so I guess it's really getting understanding that, okay, I can stay as I am right now. And if you're happy, like really, truly, like I mean this for anybody that's listening to this, if you are happy in your life right now and you're enjoying what you're doing, why would you change it? Isn't that what we're all working towards? You know, mm. the self-actualization piece that Maslow talks about in the, the hierarchy of needs that you were just referencing, you know, that's what he considered the pinnacle of that, that ascending uh, pyramid or the, this hierarchy of needs. And what is self-actualization? Well, it's living in that place where we feel like we're living our life's purpose. You know, we feel aligned with our passion, our purpose. You know, it's working together. Japanese call it our ikigai. You know, it's basically the reason we get up in the morning, but we're excited to get up. We're excited to do what we're about to do. And uh, if you're not in that place right now, I'm just going to ask you, do you want to be in that place? Does that sound like something that you want? Because most of the time when I first meet someone and they're, they're approaching me about working with them to help them, one of the first questions I ask is, hey, what do you want? Like for your life. And they're like, uh, no one's asked me that before. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And I'm like, have you ever asked yourself that? Well, yeah, when I was younger, but I mean- I just, I mean, who's got the time to, to even answer that? And I'm like, well, it's a good place to start. You it's know, important. <laughs> it is pretty important, right? Uh, but listen, I get it. I've been there too, where I didn't know what I want in my past. And when I don't know what I want and I'm not clear on what I want, that's where I create a lot of space for stuff to go wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I find I start slipping in certain things, even my self care. My mental health starts to slide and just even some of my practices, you know, like my meditation practice, my, my practice of journaling my gratitudes, you know, or, or my wins every day, you know, like just these little things, even connecting with some close friends. If I'm not feeling good about myself, it's really hard to, to put the energy out to connect with others. Mm-hmm. So, so all these things, you create this space, right? And uh, so it's, it's just this self-awareness. I think know? everybody wants uh, some level of improvement in their life, some level of progression so. right yeah and, and and perfect point you said you know, things happen when you get outside that comfort zone mm-hmm. things do I, I know for myself you know when i left when i was 18 i left scotland worked there and then i decided to move to australia with nothing and, and nobody here wow and and that's and, and huge it, and interesting happen things happen too right you, you sort of you have to find your feet i had a little bit of money i had to i had just enough money to pay for my um my college i studied uh, fitness it was back in 2010 Nice. And and you have to find your feet. You have to find some income. So I started working four jobs, but that wow. fear, not fear, but the um, it was almost like a survival instinct yeah. in a way. Because yeah. I mean, not really. Like I wasn't, you know, uh, my life wasn't threatened. But but I didn't depend on anybody. I didn't have my dad's credit card. Put it that way. You right. know, I just had relied <laughs> on my own. You know, and I I, I probably yeah. you know if I called home and I would probably say that I mean and I'm in a you know shithole and i'd probably get yeah you know my you know my family would probably lend me some money but i didn't want yeah. to do that i made the decision yeah. i want to do it myself and and so i set myself like that way and that that survival like oh i have to make this 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 amount of money and the next three months to pay for my next term fees for the school yes. 
I'm also on student visa, so I'm limited. I can't work, mm. work more than 20 hours and I want to work more. So just yeah. figuring out on the go and out of whole, out of that whole experience, what, what I, what, what, what I realized is that the most amazing opportunities and, and the willingness to take, um, to take more risks Mm-hmm. just came out of that you know you just, mm. just get yourself in that co- uh, uncomfortable zone you yeah. start to work on yourself you start to yeah so i think it's 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 a growth it's a growth journey only good yeah. things can come out of it i mean I, I've, yeah. I've done some stupid things too and, and some business bad decisions and failed but it's always a learning experience it's yeah. so i mean i like comfort too i like comfort i like having that security and especially yeah. now that i've got family on the way, son on the way. For sure. I like that security. But on the same token, you know, when I hear stories like yours, like, you know, going to trouble, or this 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 other lady that I had on the podcast, which is gonna go out in a couple of weeks later, she did a similar thing. She packed yeah, everything up. She she sold the house with a partner and their yeah. kid and they went and bought a bought a, uh, bought a yacht and they wow. sailed wow. they sailed for twelve months. They sailed wow Atlantic, Pacific, around the world. So Incredible. it's it's like wow that's yeah. that's so appealing to me. I would it's not a mm. life I would want to live for the rest of my life, but I definitely love to have that experience and do that for yeah. twelve months because I know and it's not it's not the fact that I would be on the boat. That's what's appealing. I mean that's cool too, but it's the getting yourself outside of that comfort zone in the game because I've been there and I know that only positive come out of it. You personal mm. develop, you just grow out of that. So it's it's so appealing yeah. for me anyway. Now, getting outside of the comfort zone, and speaking mm. of getting outside of the comfort zone, you're um, you're very passionate about health and fitness and helping others. Yeah, yeah. What led to that? Well, you want to talk about comfort zones? Well, I, I was really comfortable from the age of nine to fourteen. I was so comfortable that I didn't move my body very much. Played a lot of video games, watched a lot of movies, and uh, I ate a lot of very high calorie foods but very low nutrition value. So you can probably imagine if you do that every day for a period of five years, yeah, you could say it had a negative compounding effect to the point where I was morbidly obese as a teenager. Morbidly obese, okay? Like my BMI was over 40. Oh, shit. I was huge, huge. And uh, (laughs) I wasn't swole, I was huge, (laughs) okay? And uh, I mean, I'm chuckling about it, but it was a real serious time in my life. I was very depressed, withdrawn, uh, all, all the typical cliches or, or stereotypes we attach to someone in that state of unhealth. I was living it. That was my life. And uh, I got to a point where I was entertaining death. You know, I actually had suicidal thoughts. I was like, man, I don't want to keep living. It's a big you know? problem, isn't it? Well, it's, it's a hard place to be. It's a hard place to be for anybody. You know, and especially I, like I look at what's been happening in the world this year. You know, it's it's uh, there's a lot of mental health issues. You, you, know, you hear and, a lot of teenagers gosh. these days, social media mm-hmm. and, bu- and, yeah. and and digital bullying, and a lot of kids. It's, it's I think there's a, some studies that there's even an, in, an increase in in suicidal thoughts in in, in teenagers. It's it's a yeah. yeah, it's not a good thing. It's awful. And, you know, back then, again, dating myself is, uh, I'm older than Google, as I like to tell my kids. Uh, you know, like, uh, I didn't have search engines when I was a teen. Um, you know, we didn't have cell phones. Uh, well, they were around, but I, I mean, I didn't have, us in our school, I didn't have the luxury of having them. Uh, but 
you know, it got to a certain point and, and I've shared this in the past stories where it, people say, well, what was the moment where you just realized that you wanted to make a change? And, and you know, it was when I realized that I, I was much more afraid of the finality of death, you know, this idea of just ending things and, and that uncertainty that that created, but also when I started thinking about my family and friends and just the potential that I have in front of me, you know, really accepting that I've got the potential to, to do basically whatever I want to do. Like really the only limiting factor here is me. And I broke down one day, like just lost it, you know, like uncontrollable sobbing and then just woe is me, you know, thinking the end of the world was now. And I uh, got to a point where I just started thinking to myself, well, what if I don't make any changes? What if my rest of my life is destined to be as good as it is right now? So there was a very clear path in front of me. And I'm like, I do not like that path. I'm actually very afraid of that actually being my life. I'm afraid of remaining obese, but not only remaining obese, continuing to live the lifestyle that I'm living and getting worse, right? Because that's a realization. When you start realizing, you know, everything that I've, where I'm at right now is based on every other decision and action I've made up to this moment, or not made in my case. And then I started asking myself, well, what's my option? Well, my option is to do something completely different than I'm doing it right now. But that path was very intimidating too. Because I didn't know anything about it. So there's a lot of fear of the unknown. You know, that, that uncertainty creates a lot of uh, angst in us and, and, and inability to move. But I was less afraid of that than I was of staying as I was. Yeah. You know, and I, I hope people really take note of that. Because you know, like, if you think back on any of the major changes that you made, you probably got to a point where you're like, I'm more afraid of staying the way I am than I am of the idea of change. So I was less intimidated by change. Like that's where I got to. I was afraid of both paths, trust me. Uh, but <laughs> I took the path I was less afraid of, which was the idea of actually making things better by changing how I was living. And so I went to the library. I got books on fitness and nutrition, started to educate myself, started to just move a little bit every day. I, my parents were very, very cool. They said, yeah, we're willing to support you. They could tell that finally I was wanting to make the change for me because before that, they were trying to put me in classes and into sport and, you know, just everything. They would hire a nutritionist if I wanted it. Like they would just do whatever it took to get me excited about being healthy. But I kept pushing them off. I kept, I was very, you know, I was a teen too. I was just like, no, screw you. Like, no, I don't want this. You know, like I was, I was pissed off at them for even suggesting it. But I eventually got to that point where now they could tell something was lit in me. You know, I came back with like two backpacks full of books and they're like, whoa, what is going on here? And I was like, I'm, I'm this is it. I want to get healthy. And, and they could tell in my eye that I wanted this and I meant it. So they bought me a mountain bike, you know, and uh, I just started biking every day. That was it. I started biking and changing how I ate. Whew. 20 months later, you know, I, I got into working out as well at the same time. And, you know, it, within 20 months, I'd released all that weight. <laughs> grown up quite a bit because I also kickstarted my puberty at the same time, which also further helped with putting on muscle and leaning out, um, which could have been far and more negative had I not started to incorporate this more active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I changed everything. And, and going through that process of it, people that were watching from afar, even the people that were closest to me saw me go through this change, that my mindset changed, my physicality changed, just the way I was living changed. And people were inspired by it. They also too were motivated, but this is the, the kicker. And this is what got me excited to do what I do now. And I've been doing for the last 25 years. This is people started asking me questions. Now, and, and you know, the kind of people that would ask you questions and you can tell they're just waiting to talk again. Like they're, oh, not, yeah. they're not, you know what I mean? Like that was my life before that. <laughs> okay. All of a sudden I changed 
And people actually, I could tell when they were asking me questions about, well, hey, I want to lose some weight. Like, can you help me? And we would start to talk about it. And I could tell they actually were listening. Not only were they listening, they started to, to, to actually take some of the advice and some of the support I was giving them and put it into action and get results. And I was like, whoa, this, I felt so good. I just felt so good. I got lit up. I was just like, man, this is amazing. I want to do this all the time. And that's what got me into coaching and mentorship, you know, at age 17. And I've been doing it ever since. Lots of different capacities, obviously, you know, both corporately and, and personally. And uh, I feel very fulfilled by it. I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. And uh, so, so yeah, that's sort of the origin story. And, and um, yeah, I, I tell everybody, like, listen, I didn't come to fitness naturally. Some people meet me today or they see some of my photos and stuff. Like I used to compete at a high level in CrossFit and, you know, pretty strong dude. I'm like, I'm 6'1", 215 pounds. Like I've got a good size to me and I'm pretty lean, you know, I'm about 10, 11% body fat. And uh, so people, and not to brag, it's just, that's a byproduct of me just living my life. And people meet me and they're like, they automatically presume, you know, this is why I, you know, I can never judge a book by a cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always say uh, it is, uh, you know, I never came to fitness naturally. You know, I didn't have that foundation of sport. I didn't have even people in my, my own immediate family that were into active living, you know? So I, I like people to know that because if you're in a state of unhealth right now, or you know, there's something that you want to change about your physicality, it, it's in you to change. Like it is like, it doesn't matter where you're at right now. You can change it. And, and uh, I truly believe that to my core, you know? And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell, you know, it's, it's just a choice at the end of the day. Now, when you were that kid, was there like a build up to that moment? Was that something that sort of kept building up, like some some something uncomfortable that build up to that moment where you you got to that day where you felt like suicidal and then shifted? Yeah, Just because it, you said you know you said yeah. like you've been comfortable, yeah. you've been, I mean you've been a fat kid, but you've been playing yeah. games and you've been comfortable. So you always very comfortable. What, what, yeah. what were the the aspects that sort of led to this? I was I was comfortable, but I was sad. And I was sad with my uncomfortableness, but I also, you know, being in school, there was ridicule, right? Mm. There was teasing and bullying, right. uh, not obviously to the scale that kids have to deal with today, uh, which I'm very grateful I didn't have to deal with. I don't know how I would have dealt with it. I think my life would be very different if I had to go back and live through what I lived through with today's technology. I, I just, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine it, you know? So that's why my heart goes out to a lot of kids today, you know? And uh, being that I'm a father of two teenage daughters, you know, I'm very sensitive to this subject. And uh um, for myself, I, I just remember I, I used to shy away from any cameras or any opportunity to see my reflection. Like that, that's how low of a self-opinion I had. Anytime I would see myself, I would just be disgusted. I hated that. I felt so bad and depressed. And, uh, I just remember this one morning getting out of the shower and I couldn't, my dad was rushing me because normally I had this hack, you know, I'd get in the shower, but I'd leave the water on super hot and I'd be in the shower for a long time because I knew when I get out, the mirror would be all covered in condensation, fogged up. So I wouldn't have to see myself. I wouldn't have to see myself. This one morning I was rushed. I got out and I locked eyes. And then I did one further. I started doing the scan up and down. And I just remember just this feeling of just like, I cannot stand who I'm looking at. And I, and I felt disconnected because I was like, is this even me? How did I get to this point? You know, and I'm 14 at the time, right? Like it's just, and obviously I can articulate it now this way. I, I wouldn't have been able to articulate this at that time or even in, in my early teens or late teens, I couldn't articulate it. But in the reflection and just thinking back on it and now being that I've gone through a lot of, a lot of other challenging changes in my life up to this point, I, I'm aware 
you know, and, and it was that moment where I was just like, you know, they talk about your life flashing before your eyes, right? And I used to laugh at that cliche, but I, I've experienced that. And, and fortunately for me, it was just a 14 years to that point. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't a lot to flash back through, but, but it was enough that I was just like, I can't keep living like this. I do not want to be the guy that I'm looking at in the mirror. And I think it was the first time it really, really sunk in, to be honest with you, that it was just like, this is me and I'm here because of me. You know, and that's what also empowered me was like the only person that can actually get me out of this. Nobody else can. It's going to have to be me again. So it's just that complete self accountability and and that stopping of all excuses, you know, And, and I had to start with just what I could do, you know, not thinking about all the things that I couldn't do, because it's really easy to go there. I think a lot of us get to a defeatist mindset. Mm. And where we're just like, well, I can't do that. So why bother? Right. Is the all or nothing approach. And I, I used to have that. And so I started asking myself, well, what can I do right now? What's within my grasp? You know, rather than thinking about all the things I couldn't do, it's like, I can't go play soccer with my friends because man, I'll run 20 steps and I'm done. You know, like forget that. I can't go to the gym because my goodness, I'm not going into that place. Look at all those mirrors. Look at all that weight. Look at all those fit people. No. Like, you rationalize all the excuses and you do you just start going through everything because at to that point i i knew all the excuses really well because i used them all the time mm. but i got to a point where i was like okay well no more excuses what can i do what can i do i could walk and my parents were fortunate enough that i got a mountain bike and those first few times i mean every time i came to a hill i would have to walk my bike up but i remember that first day i didn't have to get off my bike I was able to ride those hills. I could climb those hills. And, you know, that was within under a month of, of cycling. I got to a point where what was really, really hard that very first few days, first few weeks, all of a sudden, I wasn't even thinking of it as hard. And that's where everything's cemented in. It's like, wow, change is possible. But it's not only possible, it can happen pretty damn fast. It just fires, <laughs> it fires you up for more, right? It, dude, does it ever, right? I mean, like crazy. All of a sudden, I was like, wow, I did this. And this was hard before, but it's not hard anymore. Like, it's still challenging, but it's nowhere near what it was. And it was like, wow, this is working. You know, and the pants start getting looser. I start feeling better. My energy's better. I'm happier. Confidence starts to build. And then, you know, there is a motivator. People often ask, they say, well, do you have any other sort of motivations? I was like, well, you talk about intrinsic and extrinsic motivations. My biggest extrinsic, that external motivator, I just wanted a girlfriend, okay? <laughs> I wanted a girlfriend, man. And, uh, you know, and, and my, my friends that are more into counseling and all that stuff, you know, they're like, you just wanted to be loved, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, it was more than just loved. I, I wanted a girlfriend, you know? And uh, so I, I think back on it and I just, I'm honest, I'm just fully transparent, right? Like I, I'm not, I got nothing to, to hide here, but uh, that was one of my biggest motivators and uh fortunately for me you know I, I had my first major girlfriend after that and uh you know you don't want to be sad you know those kids oh. those kids around you in school they all start to have little girlfriends and they're like oh, i don't want i don't want to be that single kid i don't want to be the odd one i had to date up and what i mean by that the date older girls because people in my own grade they still always remembered me you know i'm from a small town so like i knew these people from grade after grade like year after year and so they saw me getting bigger and i was just known as that guy like the overweight kid in class so girls in my own class even though i was changing and all this stuff was happening they were never really interested so i uh, i was fortunate i started taking some other classes that had older kids in it and uh, met an older girl and that was that was i was like yeah i'm dating a girl grade higher woohoo you know, so like another little boost, but uh, I often tell people, you know, like if you can't change the people around you, just change the people around you. So I, I, I found new circles of friends, new circles of, of people to connect with. So, uh, yeah. yeah, anyways, that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell, you know? 
Man, I like how you put up, you know, dating your wife. So you guys been for, for for together for a while, but you still say you're dating your wife, and there's something yeah. very romantic about it. it sounds yeah. sounds like you keep. Is that because you like to keep things like always like the fresh, like like you still like a per, perception of that, that still being. The, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, listen, it's not like it's dating all the time. We, we try to, um, but you no, know, life gets busy. People change. Uh, we're constantly growing. We're constantly being challenged. But, you know, as much as uh, I have a friend that he often describes relationships, you know, you come in close together and then you sort of go apart. But you're, you're sort of going at the same speed, you know, at times. And you're there to support one another as best you can. So if they're off trying to achieve something that they want to achieve, well, it's like, how can I support you in going for that? And and vice versa. And I had a mentor. I used to, I remember saying one time, uh, you know, relationships, it's, it's all about being 50-50 in the relationship, you know? And he was like, Die. No, 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 no. You got to be a hundred, a hundred. You know, both people have to bring a hundred percent of themselves to the relationship, right? And that shifted things for me. And uh, this idea of dating someone—I mean, you think about that. It's there's a lot of intention there, right? Intentionality in, in how you show up. And so we try to remind ourselves, you know, let's let's not just be married. Let's try to constantly be dating ourselves. You know, dating each other. And uh, I like it. I like it because it's a. Yeah. It, it brings the idea of you know there's. Any any couples any and you know couples out there listening to this and and they feel like you know that the relationship is get a bit stagnant a little bit you know there's there's no no more excitement happening that's right just trying to bring it back a little bit you know just think about that you're dating again go out for dates and just freshen things up a little bit because that's when things sort of rem- bring you those uh, uh, helps you remember why you were that person in the first place like back then when you met them first time and everything was you know, very lovely, lovely. Um, just do that again. You know, it might be a good exercise to spice things, spice things up again. I think so. You know, I totally do. And uh, listen, man, it's always a choice, right? Uh, listen, uh, we've been together 20 years, right? And we're in our 20th year together. So uh, yeah, there's been lots of growth. There's lots of been uh, ups and downs and sides to sides and everything else, you know, but, but, but we are committed to that vision of getting old together and and building a life together and uh at times it's amazing and then sometimes it's challenging right but uh, gosh it, it doesn't mean we're going to quit and give up we keep working at it and uh you know so it's i just want to be honest with you you know like it, it does it takes work it takes work absolutely, absolutely. it's okay nothing wrong with that <laughs> die yeah. I'm gonna have to duck yes. off. I'm gonna have to duck off. We're gonna have to go to the gym. We've got a barbecue happening. But before no we wrap up, I want to finish yeah. on this. What would you say to somebody looking to to make that change? Somebody who's perhaps overweight and 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 yeah. and, and, and you know still haven't sort of made that decision. Yeah. But it's sort of looking and knows that needs to make a change. What would be one simple strategy to start with? You know, the easiest strategy with change, you know, in, in sort of ending our conversation on this is, is just recognize that change is always happening, right? Like it's always happening, whether you want it to or not. And, and becoming someone that's more of a, you become more proactive in the, the change itself. What I mean by that is like, rather than constantly pushing it away, start to embrace it, you know, uh, and start to get excited about it, start to, to choose change, right? It's a much more better energy when we start looking at change that way rather than the, trying to fight it and being negative. Cause I know when I started to shift my energy to more positive, you know, it's like this power of choice. It's like, even like sometimes, you know, my clients, they'll say like, ah, I got to work out today. I really have to work out today. It's like you choose to work out today. You get to work out today. 
you know, like, my goodness. Change the perspective. You want to work out today. Yeah, but also think about this. Like, what do you regret? We often regret things that we didn't do, you know, or things that maybe we felt we didn't do well enough and we could have done better. You know, when it comes to fitness, comes to nutrition, comes to mindset, no one's ever told me. My clients never said, die, you know what? Oh, today was challenging. I got my workout in. I really regret that I worked out today. I mean, nobody ever says that, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what I really regret? Today at lunch, oh, I had a green salad with some salmon on it. No one ever says I regret eating that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I had an inspiring podcast interview I listened to today. Man, I really regret listening to that. I think I could just mm. got inspired to change my life. <laughs> like, think about it, right? Like, and, and lean into that energy. You know, that be grateful that you can lean into that. And in embracing that, man, good things happen. They just happen. And uh, yeah, that's what I want to leave you with. And, and if people need a kick in the pants, <laughs> uh, I have size 12 feet. Trust me, when this foot connects with your bum virtually uh, or literally, you'll get motivated to at least start moving. <laughs> and, uh, and I always welcome that. So I invite people, reach out to me on, uh, on Instagram or Facebook and just say, hey, Di, uh, I need a little bit of motivation right now. Uh, kick me. <laughs> you know? And I'll know exactly what you mean. And, uh, and I'm happy to help. I love it. I love it. Di, how can people find you? Uh, people can find me, but just search my name, Diamond Well. Uh, it's the cool thing about having a unique name. I have all my own name uh, as social handles on all the social networks that I'm on. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but also, my website's just diamondwell.com. There's uh, over 1,500 resources there now, uh, articles, oh. resources, content, uh, free information, uh, really all geared towards improving your life. So uh, feel free, consume it, dive in. But just remember, whatever you read and whatever you take on, actually apply it to your life. You know, like even if today, our conversation, if there was one thing that you can take away and apply, do it. I mean, you'll be that much better, right? You, you'll see that gradual, that little 1% improvement is huge. Yeah. Anyway, just to, that's it. Just to comment on your website, your website is amazing. You've got, like you said, you've got so many amazing resources, but man, your marketing game, your online marketing game. That's a whole another ball game. I actually had a, I actually had a couple of questions I wanted to ask you and have a little bit of a conversation about that. But I think we would just have to spend another hour, so <laughs> we, we might have to look at for another one. But we, we've covered good. so many. We've, what we covered? We've covered relationship. We covered weight loss. We covered uh, freedom, lifestyle, minimalism. So Parenting, many everything, so, man. <laughs> it's been amazing. I'm really looking forward to 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 post production, editing it up. I'm going to put everything in the not show you. notes, guys. Um, it's going to be timestamps, so you can look and and go straight to the thing that you want to listen most. Die. It's been amazing to have you on the show. I look forward to chat to you again. Hopefully, we can find Let's do it. We'll do it. And uh, might have to be post baby, but either way, congratulations again on that little bun coming your way. And uh, I can't wait to see the updates and uh, see you welcome that beautiful bundle into this world. Because I'll tell you, everything changes. I'm very excited about that. Cool. Take care, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Done.